Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. Today, we're continuing our stay in the NFC North with the surprise second place Detroit Lions from last season. Yeah, that's right. The 2022 Hard Knocks Detroit Lions, coached by Dan Campbell, um, had one heck of a season, and they were one heck of an offense. And they've got a lot of pieces that kind of moved around this offseason, and they're going to be very interesting from a fantasy perspective this season. So we're going to break it all down here. We're going to talk about what the Lions offense did in 2022 and what you can expect out of all their skill players in 2023 and where and when you should be drafting them in Dynasty, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button. It really helps me out. really shows me a lot of support, and I really do appreciate it. You guys are the best. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, please rate and review as well. Now, we're going to talk about Best Ball Drafts here on this episode. If you want to give Best Ball a shot, give it a shot on Underdog. You can use my promo code MCONLY88 to get your first deposit matched up $200. Now, lastly, it is draft season. If you want to see my full rankings and my full draft guide, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, that does it for the introduction. Let's go ahead and talk about the Detroit Lions. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. The Lions were a sneaky good offense in 2022. They ranked fourth in the league in yards per game and fifth in the league in points per game. In terms of their offensive play calling, they ranked 14th in rush rate, which is right about the middle of the road. Again, I've said this on all the team previews, you can always inverse that for the pass rate. So they ranked 19th in the league in pass rate. Now, 2022 was the Lions' first season with offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. It is worth noting that he was rumored to be connected to a few head coaching jobs, and he was kind of... Either he didn't get the jobs or he elected to stay in Detroit. But either way, they've got a very hot commodity as their offensive coordinator, a guy who has wanted across the league, a guy who's thought of as one of the best young offensive minds in the league. And I do think that it's worth noting that he's coming back for a second season. Now, it's also worth noting that the Lions, more so than any team in the league last year, they played in a lot of shootouts. They played in a lot of games that just went up and down the field and featured a lot of scoring, usually came down to the last possession. But 11 of Detroit's 17 games last season featured over 50 total points. So if you're a better... Go ahead and start hammering those overs on Detroit for the 2023 season. Now, if we talk about the quarterback position specifically, Jared Goff had kind of a renaissance year in 2022 he was kind of written off you know after being traded from LA to Detroit in 2021 but he bounced back big time last year he finished his quarterback 10 overall and quarterback 14 in fantasy points per game which was his first top 15 finish since being QB8 in 2018 back when he was a Ram 19 20 and 21 had not been good to Jared Goff now Goff also displayed a pretty high ceiling and I think this is kind of due in a little bit to all the shootouts that they played in when Detroit got caught in shootouts Goff was able to produce. Goff had six weekly top seven finishes, so he did display a weekly upside week in and week out, and, and I really do think that that makes him a really solid pick in best ball drafts because he does give you that high weekly ceiling. Now, in terms of advanced passing metrics, Goff ranked seventh in yards per attempt and was fourth out of all quarterbacks in accuracy rating. So it could be argued that Goff was even more efficient than the numbers indicated than he, than he was last season. Now, it's also worth noting that no quarterback in the league had bigger home and road splits for fantasy purposes than Jared Goff. He averaged significantly more fantasy points at home as opposed to on the road. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it because Detroit plays in a dome. They got great conditions. They got a fast track, right? And you think about their division, Green Bay, cold and outdoors, Chicago, cold and outdoors. 
Uh, last season, I believe they played the entire AFC East. That's Buffalo, you know, New York, and New England, other teams that are outdoor stadiums and cold. <laughs> so, you know, you're looking at just a situation where they had a perfect environment at home. They had a suboptimal environment on the road. I do think that that trend will continue this year. And I also think that it's worth noting that the back half of their schedule, I believe there's only one of the Lions' last 10 games is not going to be in either a dome or a retractable roof this year. Uh, and if retractable roofs in the winter pretty much turn into domes because they're going to close the roof. So I do think that the Lions having a lot of their games in a dome this season can only help Jared Goff's fantasy status. So the bottom line is Jared Goff's a solid option in fantasy football this year. I think he can be just as good as he was last season. I don't think that last season was a fluke. I do think that it was sustainable. However, I don't necessarily think that he has like quarterback one upside or like quarterback three upside. I think a ceiling season for Jared Goff would probably finish around quarterback six to seven. Um, and so as deep as the quarterback position is, with Goff having kind of you know that upside of probably quarterback six or quarterback seven, I do think he's very draftable as a backup. He's a very live option in best ball, especially if you're stacking. Um, but he's a guy that I would probably be looking to target as a backup quarterback in redraft leagues. Goff is my quarterback 19 for 20. 2023, which sounds really low, but the quarterback position this year is deeper than ever. I mean, when you when I ranked my quarterbacks, I was just kind of looking at one by one who I would rather have, and it's like, well, would I take Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers? No. Would I take him over Russell Wilson? No. Would I take him over Matthew Stafford? No. And so it just kind of ended up with him being at quarterback 19, but I don't think that's a slight to Goff. I think Goff can have a very good year, and I do think he makes for a great backup quarterback pick in redraft leagues. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. So let's go ahead and talk about this crowded Detroit Lions running back room. So I do think before we talk about the Lions running back room this year, we got to talk about where their running back room was at last year. So last year, Detroit had two of the top 21 running backs in fantasy football. And neither of them are Detroit Lions as of the recording of this episode. DeAndre Swift was traded to Philly. Jamal Williams, they let walk in free agency. Now, the backfield was just super productive, though. This backfield with how their offense is constructed can support two solid fantasy running backs. There were 10 weeks where an individual Lions running back had a weekly top 10 performance. There was one week where both Lions running backs were top five, and there were four weeks where both Lions running backs were top 20. This backfield and how their offense utilizes the running back in the passing game and utilizes the running back in the red zone does allow for two backs to have success in fantasy football. So the first back that had success last season for the Lions was DeAndre Swift. He finished his running back 21 overall and running back 15 in fantasy points per game. And he did so on only a 42% snap share and a 37% opportunity share, but he earned 70 targets last year, which allowed him to finish 28th in the league in weighted opportunities. So you're looking at a guy that he's his fantasy production came from the passing game, bar none. DeAndre Swift wasn't out there running in a whole lot of touchdowns. He wasn't, you know, a first and second down masher. He was a third down guy, a two-minute drill guy, a, a trailing in the game guy. The passing game allowed DeAndre Swift to achieve all those numbers. So the run game allowed Jamal Williams to achieve all his numbers. Jamal Williams finished his running back 13 overall and running back 18 in fantasy points per game in 2022. And he did so on only a 41% snap share and a 51% opportunity share. If you are adding those up, um, that means that Swift and Williams combined for a little over 80% of the snaps and a little over or almost 90% of the opportunities. And Jamal Williams did end up with more weighted opportunities than DeAndre Swift. He ranked 22nd among all running backs in weighted opportunities. 
Now, Jamal Williams, I believe, had a true ceiling season last year. I do not think you will ever see this out of Jamal Williams again. I don't know if we will see this type of season out of a Lions running back with the same usage again. Among all running backs, the Lions, like, really, really devoted their red zone offense to Jamal Williams. So among all running backs, Jamal Williams trailed only Austin Eckler in red zone touches and total touchdowns. Like when they were in the red zone, they were giving it to Jamal Williams. And a lot of times he found his way into the end zone, whether it was from the one, the two, the five. Uh, I believe there was a goal-to-go scenario where they gave it to him like three or four times in a row last year. But just when they got in the red zone, Jamal was their guy. And, And so that's really a large part to his fantasy production. So where does that leave us this year? Well, we've got two new running backs in Detroit, first of which is David Montgomery, who's coming off of a season in Chicago where he was running back 24 overall and running back 27 in fantasy points per game, who ranked 21st overall in weighted opportunities there in Chicago, which is not that far ahead of where we saw DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams last season. And then the Lions also drafted Jameer Gibbs with the 12th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Scouting report on Jameer Gibbs came at a transfer from Georgia Tech who ended his career at Alabama. Elite speed, elite pass catching ability, explosive playmaker. He he should figure to be the passing down guy, and he has the ability truly to take a check down or take a screen pass or you know take like a little angle out over the middle, 80 yards to the house if he makes one guy miss because he is elusive in the open field, and he has the speed to make defenses pay if they miss a tackle. So um, the bottom line for this Lions running back position is that this offense with as potent as it is and how it utilizes the running backs in the passing game in the red zone can support two top 25 fancy running backs. However, it's truly difficult to project just how the snaps and the touches are going to break down in this backfield because we haven't seen either David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs in this offense before. So I wish it were easy enough to just say, oh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be the swift role. David Montgomery is going to be the um, Jamal Williams role. There you go. There you have it. That's going to be their snap shares and opportunity shares. I don't think it's that easy. I think that Jameer Gibbs could end up being a better player than DeAndre Swift. I think that David Montgomery could end up being a better player than Jamal Williams. I don't think those two statements are like really all that controversial, but we just don't know how the snaps and how the opportunities are going to break down. Last year, clearly, the Lions coaching staff preferred Williams to Swift. It was kind of obvious watching Hard Knocks. It was obvious with how the two guys were used that the Lions coaching staff were not big fans of DeAndre Swift. Well, guess what? They are big fans of Jameer Gibbs. They drafted him with the 12th overall. There's videos going viral all over Twitter on how happy they were when they got him 12th overall. So I don't really know. So like to, to kind of continue on that point, does that mean that Gibbs is going to be in the swift role but get more snaps? Or does that mean that Montgomery is going to get less? I, I don't know what it means. They're very difficult to project. But the bottom line is, is that both of them have the potential to be top 25 this season. So Jameer Gibbs is my running back 15. David Montgomery is my running back 26. Jameer Gibbs is a guy that I would heavily invest in in dynasty leagues because he is young. He is explosive. He was used with great draft capital. And history tends to smile well upon running backs who were drafted in the first round in dynasty fantasy football. All right, that does it for the running backs. So let's go ahead and switch it over and talk about the receivers. At the wide receiver position, the only notable Lions wide receiver last year was Amon Ross St. Brown. 
In fact, he was the only Lions receiver to finish in the top 60 at the wide receiver position at the end of last season. He finished as wide receiver 7 overall and wide receiver 10 in fantasy points per game. And he did so ranking 8th in the league in total targets and 10th in the league in target share at 28%. Amon Ross St. Brown totaled 6 weekly top 20 finishes and the rest of the Lions receiving core totaled 5. You had just... A whole lot of a hodgepodge of usage last year among the rest of the Lions receivers. You had Khalif Raymond out there, Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark. And then at the end of the season, Jamison Williams came back from his ACL injury, you know, coming as a rookie out of Alabama. He played in six games at the end of last season and never had a weekly top 30 finish. So looking ahead to next season, I'm going to be honest. Amon Ross St. Brown is really the only receiver that I trust in this Detroit offense. He's one of the NFL's biggest workhorse receivers. And what I mean by that, I know a workhorse receiver, I'm kind of stealing a term normally used for a running back, but Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have a massive target share. They're not going to be deep targets. They're not going to be sporadic targets. They're going to be consistent. They're going to be plentiful, and they're going to lead to a lot of fantasy football points. And the way the rest of the receiver room is built around him just is not going to lend itself to a whole lot of consistent options. Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six games of this season, and we don't really know what he's going to do when he comes back. He wasn't that effective last season. Now, Marvin Jones was signed from Jacksonville. Marvin Jones is probably going to start for this team weeks one through six while James Williams is out. But, you know, is he going to figure for a big role in the offense once James Williams is back? I don't know. I, the, the way this receiving core was just shaken up last year gives me no faith that they can produce any other consistent options other than Amon Ross St. Brown. So I am avoiding the situation for any Lions receiver not named Amon Ross St. Brown. And I do love Amon Ross St. Brown. Do not get that twisted. His The amount of targets that he gets, the amount of looks that he gets, and the volume of this Lions passing offense just makes him an incredible target, in my opinion. Ever since he broke out at the end of 21, he's just been an elite fantasy football option and doesn't get hyped up like he is because he doesn't make the flashy, splashy plays. And, and so I do think that Amon Ra is a great option in fantasy football. I would draft him even at the, at the start of round two in standard 10-team leagues. Amon Ra St. Brown is my wide receiver eight heading into the 2023 season. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up by talking some tight ends. So TJ Hawkinson was a Lions tight end at the start of last season, and he ranked as tight end five in his time with the Lions, even though he only had one weekly top five finish to that point. Hawkinson also had over an 80% snap share in seven of his eight games in Detroit, and no tight end hit that mark after TJ Hawkinson was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. When Hawkinson was traded to the Vikings, they basically just punted the tight end position the Lions did. They used a little bit of Brock Wright, a little bit of Shane Zilstra. They didn't really have a consistent option. They didn't really consistently use the tight end position in the passing game. However, the fact that they did have TJ Hawkinson in that offense and that TJ Hawkinson was successful in that offense does give me hope that this team can have a successful fantasy tight end in that role in the offense. And so the Lions drafted a guy to kind of fill that need. They drafted Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Personally, I would have had Laporta ranked as my third best tight end in the draft. I believe that Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid in that order were both better prospects than Laporta, but the Lions traded up to take Laporta near the top of the second round ahead of Michael Mayer where he was drafted to the Raiders. So I really don't know what that means for fantasy purposes. I mean, I think the Lions could have 
taken Michael Mayer and gotten a more talented, more productive player. But for fantasy purposes, I think Laporte is in a great situation because what we have seen is that the TJ Hawkinson in this role was a top five tight end. So the ceiling for Sam Laporta is tight end five. And there's not a whole lot of tight ends that you can genuinely say that for at this point in fantasy football, where they genuinely have a top five ceiling. Sam Laporta does because of the situation that he's walking right into. He's going to be the starter and he's going to be used in a prolific passing offense. However, the caveat is that rookie tight ends have historically been a bad bet in fantasy football. More often than not, even the ones who end up starting don't end top 10 at the position. So I'm not getting my hopes entirely too up, but I do know that Sam Laporta Porta is a guy who can be had as a backup in redraft leagues, and he has a high ceiling because he could genuinely take over the TJ Hawkinson role and finish as a top five tight end. So Sam Laporta is my tight end 18 for the 2023 season. All right, that does it for the tight end position, and that does it for the Detroit Lions 2023 fantasy football team preview. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you saw, please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like the rest of our season-long fantasy football content and like the rest of these 32 team previews. Also, please hit the like button. It really does help me a lot. It helps the videos get noticed, and I really do appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. Again, it just really helps me out a lot. It really shows me a lot of support, and, and I could not appreciate it more. If you want to try best ball drafts, Give it a shot on Underdog. Use my promo code mconley 88 And the full ranks and draft guide are available on the Patreon, patreon.com slash blanksmoneypicks. It's a lot cheaper than buying a magazine, a lot cheaper than buying a subscription to another fantasy site. Um, I do recommend it before draft season. All right, so that does it for this episode, guys. Next up is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys some good information on knowing where and when to draft all these Lions skill players for your redraft, dynasty, or best ball season. Hopefully you guys are able to win your leagues. Hopefully you guys use this information. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and I will see you next time.